Welcome to Math Mutation, the podcast where we discuss fun, interesting, or weird corners of mathematics that you would not have heard in school. Recording from our headquarters in the suburbs of Wichita, Kansas, this is Eric Seligman, your host. And now, on to the math. Math Mutation 277, Bad Career Advice. As I mentioned in the last episode, I have recently reread Nassim Nicholas Taleb's classic book, The Black Swan, about the disproportionate role of unlikely extreme events, the black swans, in shaping our lives and our history. Today I'd like to discuss another of the intriguing ideas he discusses in the book, scalable and unscalable jobs, and which you should choose if starting out your career. Back when he was in college, Talib received some advice from a business student. Choose a scalable, rather than a non-scalable, profession in order to become rich. It's a pretty simple concept. A scalable job is one where you're paid for ideas, not hourly labor, and thus can affect many people with a small amount of work. This contrasts with non-scalable jobs, where you're directly paid for the labor you perform. Example of a scalable job is a corporate CEO, a derivatives trader, or an author. In any of these professions, a small amount of work can impact a massive number of people. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you can think of cases like a dentist or a chef. Your services are inherently delivered one-on-one, and your output's essentially dependent on the time you spend. Some like to refer to scalable professions as idea professions and non-scalable ones as labor professions. You can see why scalable work has the potential to earn much more money, since it's a matter of simple math. If your actions affect one or a small number of people, there's fundamentally less money to go around, since whatever you earn must ultimately come from the people you serve. If your actions affect millions of people, then there's the capacity to draw in money from many directions. As Talib phrases it, this can add zeros to your output at little or no extra effort. An idea person does the same amount of work no matter how many people it affects. The CEO gives his orders once, the derivatives trader presses the same button regardless of the quantity traded, and the author writes the book once. Talib also glosses over the fact that some professions are kind of in-between. For example, a chip design engineer at Intel impacts many millions of customers, though that impact is shared with about 100,000 other co-workers, creating a pretty good income potential, though unlikely to make someone super rich unless they progress high on the even more scalable management ladder. So, was the advice correct to choose a scalable rather than a non-scalable profession? Well, it is true that if you go around looking at super rich people, almost all did it through being in the scalable world. But be careful, if you make this kind of observation, you're making a fundamental logical fallacy, confusing A implies B for B implies A. If someone is rich, they probably got that way through a scalable profession. But does that mean that if an arbitrary person chooses a scalable profession, they're likely to become rich? The answer to that is a definite no. For every J.K. Rowling or Nassim Nicholas Taleb, there are thousands of aspiring authors who barely sell a copy of their book. I won't comment on how the math mutation book fits into this discussion. The scalable professions are massively profitable for the small number of people who are successful, but what's a lot less visible are the corresponding masses of unsuccessful aspirants to these careers who failed miserably. Thus, Talib points out the advice he got was not very good, even though he happened to follow it and succeed himself. In a non-scalable profession, the average worker makes a decent living, and some, like skilled tradesmen, engineers, or doctors, they can be pretty sure of heading towards the upper middle class if they do a good job, even though they're not likely to become rich. Choosing a scalable profession is like entering a lottery, while non-scalable or mid-range jobs give you much better odds of earning a solid living. 
And of course, there's usually the possibility of later moving into management of whatever career path you're on. If you decide later you want to gamble on the scalable route, while having a solid profession to fall back on if you don't win that lottery. Another interesting point Talib makes is that the nature of some professions changes over time. If you look to the 19th century or earlier, being a singer was a non-scalable labor-type position. You had to be physically present before a relatively small audience and repeat that activity every time you wanted to earn money for your music. Thus, many singers across the world could make a living producing music for eager audiences. Then came the 20th century revolution in recorded sound. Once that happened, you could see superstars like Elvis, Pavarotti, or the Beatles become household names, and the majority of the money that ended in their pockets would have in previous years been distributed among thousands of local performers. For those who think the situation was unfair to the local singers, think about the effect of the printing press on monks, or of the invention of the alphabet on traveling storytellers. The truth is, making a job more scalable almost always benefits huge numbers of people who consume the goods or services being produced, while creating an inconvenience for those who'd previously profited off the non-scalability of their jobs. Another interesting point Talib makes is to look at this concept at a national level. In the case of the United States, it seems to have been much more economically successful in the past century than the intellectual European nations of, as Talib puts it, museum-goers and equation-solvers. He attributes this to the U.S.'s much greater tolerance for creative tinkering and trial and error, which result in the development of new concepts and ideas. Because the economic benefits of concepts and ideas are scalable, this has resulted in a large multiplier on the money that can be made by U.S. companies in general. The much-lamented loss of U.S. manufacturing jobs is just a reflection of this shift of focus. Nike can design a shoe or Boeing can design an airplane with a relatively small number of ideas and subcontract the grunt work to foreign companies. I wish I could say that I pondered all these insights when initially setting out on my career, but like most of us, I just blundered my way around till I settled into something that seemed good. It seemed to have worked out pretty well for me, but if you're at an earlier stage of your life, Talib's ideas are worth strong consideration. And this has been your math mutation for today.